Welcome to another edition of the Carveline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. With me, as always, is Paula. Okay, that's getting old. And no, it's never going to get old. It's going to live forever. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to ignore that for the time being. And I'm going to jump right in. I don't want to give out stock advice or you know investment tips. Yeah, I don't want to go to jail. What are you, what are you doing here? I feel like Unilever... Johnson and Johnson yeah. might be good investments because the soapbox I am about to get on, Uh-oh. I have a feeling this is a it's that time of year. You need to buy enough soap. Yes. To to get high enough up on the thing. Right, right. I and I don't even know. I guess did did soap used to be bigger? <laughs> it must have been because I, I'm going to get up on my soapbox. I mean, or, or is it ironic? Is that is that where that came? I don't from? know. The bars of soap you get now are teeny tiny little things. So. I don't know. I mean, did it used to be like the whole cow? <laughs> Here, let's, let's, I'm going to do a thing. I'm going to Google the soapbox. But I don't know that I want to know. Because like when you find out what rule of thumb means. Right. Yeah. Like you can't use it anymore. Yeah. I, people call the line and they'll be like, okay, rule of thumb. And I'm like, that mm. I like, <laughs> I want to be like, well, that means. And if you don't know what rule of thumb came from, Google it, because we're not going anywhere near that here. So before we get on to soapboxes and rule of thumb, you can reach us at technicalservice at carboline.com. Jack's on Twitter at Jack underscore CTSP. I'm at Paul underscore CTSP. All right, so here we go. The term originates from the days when speakers would elevate themselves by standing on a wooden crate originally used for shipment of soap. So yes. So that's the, a good meaning. And yeah. The, the boxes used to be, and there's like an old timey dude in the picture with a hipster mustache. Although he wasn't a hipster back then because that was just what people look like. <laughs> All right. All right. So now <laughs> rendered that, silent again by my stupidity. <laughs> now that you're totally trying to guess and figure out what could we possibly be talking about today, Jack, you want to tell him or you want me to? Well, you know, you're the one with the soapbox. I just work here. Yeah, I know. And, and this soapbox is, is kind of one of the big things. Okay, it's that time of year again. It's getting cold. Getting cold. Here in St. Louis, last week it was in the 90s. This week it's in the 40s. All of a sudden, everybody who bid these projects didn't realize that their projects would then someday, you know, even though it takes them a year to get the project done, they forget that the weather's going to change. Yep. And now everybody wants to know, how do I make this dry faster? How do I change the cure rate? How do I get it into service faster? How do I put a top coat on quicker? There's answers, but and, there, you don't get it for free. There's, right. There's Everyone a price has its price. Yeah. yeah. And so kind of continuing on what we talked about last week with Ronald Brashear from BYK, you know, they make the additives, probably make some of these additives that we use to accelerate our products during the cold weather. They sure do. I, I know I was looking at the SDSs on some of the ones that we're going to talk about today. And there's some additives in there that I'm sure came from BIC. So along with these additives that we're getting from companies like BIC, and and there's a few other ones, really what we're talking about is what are we going to add to paint as these weather conditions change to allow the painting season to continue into the cold weather times? So one of the great debates about these products is, does the additive to speed up cure actually lower the temperature at which you can apply the product? And that's a big gray area. It really is. I've been holding my breath through that whole statement because... 
I figure we just jump right in. Just yeah. <laughs> get right into it. Get into the nitty gritty and then talk about all the other stuff anyway. Yes and no. Right. right. You know, right. it's definitely going to speed up the product, but the product still needs a certain temperature to achieve polymerization. There's there's your, a big word. There's your word for the week. Is that something we need to start? Like Pee Wee's Playhouse where yeah. everybody yeah. screams. <laughs> or or give a word that and we let people go out and research it and come back and first one to give us a good answer. I like the everybody screams thing better. But there are certain products that we do allow a lower temperature that we have done the testing in the lab and we can say for a fact that when you speed up the product, it will actually be able to polymerize <laughs> Yeah, at... A lower temperature. The main ones that we do that with is urethanes. Right. And one of the things that let's keep in mind, when we're talking about the curing process for these coatings, we're going to eliminate low temperature stuff we're not going to talk about for water-based products. Water-based products have a gray area between, let's say, 50 and 35, but they're never going to go below 35 or 32 because then your water freezes and it stops that coalescence process that happens with water-based paints. There's another big word. It sure is. And the best accelerator for water-based products. It is. I did write it on the yeah, notes here. Yeah, it cracked me up. I couldn't <laughs> handle it. A heater or a fan. <laughs> that's or, right. Those are your accelerators. Or maybe you have a guy at your job site that's full of hot air like us two, and you just, just go have him just go have him stand over by the coating and breathe on it. Yeah. So when we're talking about especially two-component products, mm-hmm. we're really looking at the cure mechanism. As the temperature decreases, that cure mechanism slows. Mm-hmm. As the temperature increases, this, the mechanism speeds up. Mm-hmm. So as we, as we get colder and colder, you hit that point at which, in most products, it's around 50 degrees, that that process slows to a point mm-hmm. where it becomes almost at an unmeasurable mm-hmm. pa- pace. Well, yeah. It's not that it totally stops. It is the fact that it has slowed to a point where it's not giving you any beneficial movement forwards towards the cure. So if we're able to put an additive in that speeds up that process, if let's say 40 degrees was unmeasurable amount of improvement, but now we added an additive and that additive made it measurable, it improved it. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe we're talking about something that went from, let's say, 48 hours at 40 degrees and we moved it down to 36 hours. That's not a massive change, but it's huge when we're looking at this scale because that took you from two days to now down to less than two days so you can work on it on a faster schedule. Along with that, what that did was that moved the performance at 40 degrees. The new unmeasurable speed is going to be lower than 40 degrees. So that's why we say it doesn't actually lower the temperature, but it changes the rate at which the mechanism happens which allows you to have a measurable rate at a lower temperature because these products will continue to cure below the stated temperatures on the product data sheets. Well, that's one of the questions we get pretty regularly, especially around this time of year, is somebody will call in and say, I'm spraying XYZ product. The minimum temperature is 50 degrees. When I apply it, I'm going to have 50 degrees. Heck, I'm going to have 60, I'm going to have 70 degrees. But tonight, overnight, it's going to drop below that 50 degrees. Is that a problem? And once again, more gray area. But basically, when it drops below that 50 degrees for most coatings, so this is not taken as the end-all, be-all statement here, but generally speaking, you're going to be okay. 
as long as the temperature gets back up above the 50 degrees, that it doesn't dwell there for a really long period of time. Because basically the only time that you're measuring cure time or response is when you're above that 50 degrees. If you apply something that is really slow cold cure and it drops below 50 degrees, well, you probably still have wet paint. And what does wet paint collect, Paul? That's exactly where I was going. It's going to collect moisture, condensation. Dirt. Dirt, humidity, dust. bugs. This time below the product data sheet stated minimums. It is a really expensive flytrap. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so this time below that stated temperature is really the time at which your paint is susceptible to damage from a number of different things. And different types of coatings are more and less susceptible. You can use a phenalkamine, which if you go back to our previous, oh boy, I, I don't know, that was back in the single digit podcast days. If you look at a phenalkamine type product, moisture that forms on the surface usually isn't going to have too bad of a detrimental effect on it. But if you look at a vinyl ester, moisture will kill that whole process and it will never recover. So whether or not you can fall below those stated temperatures is going to be dependent on what kind of coating you're using, how susceptible it is to damage, and quite honestly, what your environmental conditions are. Is this an area that you have a high chance for condensation to form? Is your dew point close enough that this is going to come into effect? Or are you in an area with no humidity and therefore you're not going to have to worry about dew points? It's that time again. It's that time to remind you that Carboline pays the bills for this thing. So we'd like to take a minute to talk about the Carboseal 985. Carboseal 985 is a versatile polyaspartic floor coating that you can use with quartz, metallic, you can put flake in it. You can use it neat. It has a very long working time with a quick return to service. You're usually getting about a 45-minute working time, and you're walking on it in two hours. So once again, that's the Carboseal 985. For more information, go to www.carboline.com. Like we've stated so many times before that when you speak in these generic terms, everything matters. You know, the humidity matters. The rate at which the temperature drop matters. If you're, you know next to a river and the there's a big field and allows wind to kick up and humidity and things like that is going to be a lot different than if you're in the desert that's why it's hard to say uniformly for one coating it matters that's why when you call and you ask the questions about hey this is what's going on we ask you even more specific questions what's the service of the coating where are you at how long is it going to be below the temperature? All of these little things all matter. Along with all of those details of, of where it comes from is it's going to come down to how are you applying this? Because most of the time, if we're going to add something that speeds up the cure process, that is also going to have an effect on pot life. Because, you know, the pot life is just how it cures in mass. So in a bucket, it's mm -hmm. going to also be faster. Now, the other thing that we have to think about is how much is there? Because some of these, they have an exponential effect that when you have a can full of paint, it's going to accelerate quicker than if you have, you know, a Dixie cup full of paint. So one other major question that we get about these accelerators for cold weather cure is, and one of the big things that we ask is what's the service? And the reason we ask that is when you go to use these cold weather additives, you can no longer use these products in immersion. That's right, Jack. We don't recommend using these any of the epoxy ones for any of the immersion services and the main thing that we're looking at is we don't want to interfere with the way the matrix crosslinks as it's trying to cure so if you remember our tank lining series we talked a lot about crosslinking and how important that is to lining protection and 
if we interfere with that, you're not going to get the resistance that you needed. You're also going to you risk embrittlement, solvent entrapment, all things that just aren't worth it. Not to mention the possibility of bringing something else into the matrix that we don't know how its resistance is going to be with the chemicals that you're exposed to. So these cold weather additives, atmospheric service, you know, just out in the world? Not a big deal. Great. Immersion service? Treat it like a water-based. Bad. Sad. Treat it like a water-based. There you go. Bring in heat in a fan. Exactly. Heat in a fan. It's like an 80s new wave band. Heat in a fan. And one thing I will say about these additives, it's a very little amount that you add to your coating in order to get a drastic response. Once again, generically speaking, most of these accelerators that we add, we add in the one ounce per gallon ballpark, and it speeds up the rate of cure by 25 to 40%. Typically cuts your pot life in about half. Right. And that's a broad brush, but one thing that I want to point out here is two ounces doesn't provide that much better cure speed than one ounce. It's Nor not, does three or five yeah. or six or any number thereafter. Actually, what you'll probably do by adding more accelerator is cause significantly more harm than good. And some of the harm that we're talking about, when these coatings are accelerated past the point that they're normally used at, you end up with severe discoloration as an option. It could be embrittled where you don't get the proper adhesion. Your film formation doesn't have the flexibility that it's supposed to have. You can have solvent entrapment, skinning. Right. And all of these are going to be things that you're not going to know until it's too late. Correct. Definitely follow the guidelines. More is not necessarily more in this situation. Less is more. You don't need a significant amount of these additives in order to speed the cure. And you still, like we said last week with Ronald, you want the binder and the coating to be a majority of what you're putting on the surface. If you water it down, water it down is not the right word, but if you dilute it, dilute it with these additives, you're not really getting the proper performance from your coating system. That's right. Another thing to think about when you add these additives, one of the things that's going to happen is in, in a lot of these cases, when we give you a range that says, oh, it's going to be 25 to 40% or 50 to 60%, those numbers are going to be impacted by the environmentals at the time you're using it. Since all of these are doing is speeding it up, if you put an additive into 50-degree paint, it is going to have an effect of X. But if you put it into 90-degree paint, that effect is going to be much bigger. It is going to be a, a multiple of X. And that's why we have to give you a range, because nothing is static. Your paint is going to change temperatures during the day. And once you mix it, there's a reaction that starts happening. Most of the time, your paint is going to heat up. So all of those are going to be factors, and I can't give you an exact number that says, oh, it's going to be 27% faster when you put this in at one ounce per gallon. Well, sure, because every little thing affects that. What I will say is, you know, we've spent the last 15 minutes or so talking about the additives, and we didn't give you specifics about you use this additive with this product because we want you to call us. We want to talk to you about your situation. We want to know all the little details so we could give you the best additive choice for your product. Epoxy's There aren't a whole lot to go with. Alkyds, not a whole lot to go with. But for our urethanes, we have five to six different accelerators that we can choose from and tailor to which urethane you have, what your service conditions are like. So that's why we... environment is like. 
Mm -hmm. And now some of our urethanes have the information already on their product data sheets. And those are the ones that they did the testing and they did decide that it would lower the actual application temperature for use. Other than that, give us a call. We got everybody here on the phone line, standing by, waiting for you. But that is kind of the broad bus about accelerators here. So to recap, what are the big points, Paul? Less is more. It doesn't actually change your minimum cure temperature, but it can appears to. Yeah. And don't use it in immersion. Yep. Call and us. Call us. We're waiting by the phone. Waiting for you to call me up. Literally. We're, we both have phones next to us. Once again, I would say if uh, we had t-shirts or something, if you could tell me what song I just quoted, I would send you one. But uh, I had a movie quote a little while ago. Oh, we've had them all. I overuse one. My favorite one is it would be bad. I, I use that a lot. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening again. If you have any questions, get hold of us through the Twitterverse email. You know, we never talk about LinkedIn, but we're there too. And you can see a picture of our ugly mugs and those kind of things too. Yep. Wow, he's just going to let me have it. Yeah, I let you have it. All right. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you next Monday. <laughs>